Hello everyone, welcome back. You're listening to the Venture Poland podcast. My name is Daniel Czechorowski and my goal is to promote Poland as a great partner for any business venture, especially when it comes to technology. In my podcast, I interview Polish entrepreneurs, startups, managers and engineers to share some of their best insights and expertise so we can all learn from them. Today we will talk about a very innovative company, very innovative device and what's interesting, we have already heard a bit about it in my previous episode with Robert Bogdanovich, who is an active partner for my today's guest. We have Dr. Kasia Pala with us today. She's the business development director at SenseDX. Kasia, please say hello to the audience. Tell us a bit about your background and what's your current focus at SenseDX. Uh, hello, everyone. Thank you for the invitation. Um, my name is Kasia Pala and I'm business development director at SenseDX. And currently I'm focusing on um, commercialization of our technology, of our innovative uh, diagnostic device. I'm biotechnologist, but uh, for eight uh, years I'm working uh, in business development. I'm focusing on commercialization and uh, intellectual property uh, protection. This is also my background, especially um, in uh, biotechnology and nanotechnology field. Brilliant. It's great to hear such a broad expertise. Since the beginning of my podcast, I have identified quite a few companies in Poland who work on innovative medical devices. It's not the majority, but it seems like a trend emerges. Do you think that Poland may become a hub for innovation when it comes to healthcare or uh, medtech? I noticed uh, the same, uh, especially in uh, cities like Wrocław, Gdańsk and Krakow. There is a lot of uh, young, uh, small SMEs startups, innovative startups, uh, which are dealing with uh, medical devices and uh, healthcare in general. And I have to say that uh, it comes from two directions. First of all, uh, we as a Polish people needed to change our thinking about the entrepreneurship and uh, about the commercialization of scientific results. But uh, from the other side, we need money for this. So um, the reason why there is uh, uh, many more startups than previously is that we have much more money from European Union, but also we have changed the way of thinking big corporations, for example, big pharmaceutical companies like Haskolek, like Neuka, like Adamet. This is the same like, uh, for example, uh, in Roche way of thinking. We were in Roche half a year ago during the Innovation Summit and they start to think that uh, it is impossible to create innovative uh, solution in their own R&D centers uh, because this is a big corporation and very long uh, way of decision making. It is uh, much faster in small uh, companies like SMEs, startups to take a decision and to take the risk. So companies like, for example, Roche and Novartis, they started looking for innovative solution in startups. So the same started to be in Poland. Uh, We noticed that companies like Neuka, uh, which invested uh, in us, started looking for uh, the new areas of interest and new areas in development uh, in such companies like ours. So they put money for uh, such companies. And without money, it wouldn't be impossible to create uh, such startup like ours, for example, because uh, apart from uh, public grant and public money, you need to have private money to create the company, actually. Okay, that's interesting. 
So how do you actually cooperate with the big organizations? You've mentioned Nuka. Is it the only company you cooperate with on top of what's happening in uh, since the X? Uh, this is the only one which uh, invested in us uh, currently, but we are looking for cooperation with bigger companies, uh, for example, uh, medical companies, hospitals, uh, uh, clinics, uh, because our devices is dedicated mainly for physicians. Uh, so um, from one side, we are looking for uh, our clients, so clinics, physician, uh, hospitals, and for other side, we are looking for big uh, healthcare companies for uh, father commercialization and global commercialization because our technology um, I must say is, is disruptive and we want to commercialize it uh, globally not only in Poland but globally so we sure. are talking with Roche currently and uh, we are looking for new partners in May uh, we are going to United States where we have two potential partners for commercialization and for investment so yes we are cooperating with big uh, pharmaceutical and healthcare companies brilliant brilliant it's great to hear that okay you have probably heard this question a million times but just for the sake of a proper introduction to the audience, tell us, please, what's your mission with SenseDX and uh, tell us a bit more about your devices as well. Uh, okay, so um, our mission is to develop very precise, but uh, at the same time, very easy to use and uh, low cost medical device, which will help physicians and patients to diagnose different uh, diseases. Our devices, our uh, technology um, is composed from three parts. First of all is a uh, universal reader, uh, which is uh, electrochemical impedance spectrometer. Second part is a single-use test. We call it electrode uh, in our laboratory, but it's a single-use test. And the third part is a mobile application, which is suitable for mobile devices, but, but also for computers, which is dedicated to analyze and read the results. To perform the test, uh, it is very easy to use, as, as I said previously, and to perform the test, you just take a swab from your throat, for example, you resolve the uh, swab uh, in the special designed buffer, and then put few drops of the solution into the electrode. And uh, previously, you had to put the electrode into the reader. And after three minutes, you will get the results of your diseases, of your condition on the screen of the computer or on a mobile device. So as you can see, it is very easy to use. So it is not needed any uh, medical personnel for uh, using this. And it is low cost, so it could be used even in remote areas around the world, not only in hospitals uh, or uh, highly developed countries. Hmm. So how many different types of diseases you can currently diagnose with your uh, technology altogether? Um, so currently, uh, we have uh, certified our first product. Because we are a startup, we are only two years old, so we will go very, very fast. Uh, and our first product is dedicated for the detection of influenza virus in uh, human samples. But uh, we are working on, uh, and it is called uh, FluSense DX, but we are working on MultiSense DX, which is dedicated for the detection of seven different pathogens in one human sample from the throat swab. Uh, so it is no needed to perform seven different tests to get to know that uh, you have, for example, bacteria or virus. 
uh, in your throat or which type of bacteria uh, attacked your throat. But in one single sample, uh, you will be able to, uh, to detect up to seven pathogens. The test currently is uh, qualitative, uh, but in sickness like infections, it is far enough. In our pipeline, we have also uh, another test, for example, for intimate infection detection, urinary tract infections, uh, but for oncological screening and for monitoring of um, abdominal aortic aneurysm. But uh, our technology is universal. This is a universal platform for the detection of, uh, of different pathogens. And we can adjust uh, the technology for the detection of different biomarkers in human samples, wide range of biomarkers uh, in human samples. Brilliant. So it seems like you're just opening up the possibilities with a first-off product, with a first-off solution, and then the market will tell you whether it's needed or not. Actually, we are working in the opposite. We are looking for the needs in the market. We were curious uh, what pathogens uh, should we detect uh, in our multisense DX. When we came to doctors in Poland, to our uh, colleagues or uh, doctors who we know, each of them said about very different pathogens. So we decided to do a huge marketing research in Poland and in Germany. We paid for that to know which pathogens are important to measure in human samples. So this is, uh, this is one way. The second way is that to create new products, we are looking for partners for commercialization. Because we are a small startup, we do not have very big business development um, department to commercialization. So we need strong partners, strong global partner to help us um, go to the market uh, in a global scale. Sure. Okay, I understand. That's very good. That's actually a very smart move, I would say. I'm not entirely sure whether half of the companies do that. <laughs> yeah. Right. So um, how far do you think it's possible to push your technology? Can we expect that one day we will be able to identify the majority of the known uh, pathogens? Actually, we think at our stage, we think that it is possible. But of course, this is whole R&D work in our laboratories to, to answer the question. Um, but uh, we noticed that if we get uh, the biomarker, uh, which you need to detect, we will be able to create the uh, sensor which will detect the biomarker. Of course, it will depend on the uh, kind of sample because in blood it's much more difficult uh, to detect biomarkers. Blood is very complex biological tissue, biological material, uh, so it uh, needed to be processed, it needed to be clarified in some way. This is why we started with swab to proceed. So it depends from many factors and of of course, we, we need to take all uh, cases to our lab and discuss it with our scientists. But currently, we do not see any liabilities in, in this case. Sure, sure. Okay. I would like to ask one more question about the actual technicalities behind the device. I'm really curious what's actually happening inside the box. So you take a sample and mm -hmm. then what happens uh, uh, with yeah, of the course. electrode? Of course, I, I am not able to say uh, all of our um, trade secrets, sure. but the principles are um, actually very simple. We have uh, the electrode, which is covered by Golden or uh, BDD, like Robert Bogdanovich is developing such surfaces. The surface must be really smooth. 
and the surface of the electrode is modified by um, biological molecules uh, which are created and which are selected in our laboratories uh, in Gdańsk uh, by our biotechnologists. So those are very carefully selected bioreceptors which catch uh, the biomarkers from the sample. So when you put such biomolecule on the uh, surface of the electrode and then you put the sample where uh, it is present the uh, biomarker, uh, the reaction occurs on the electrode and the reader can see the reaction by the uh, changes in electrochemical impedance. So the changes are very slight and the signal is processed by our algorithm. Uh, we have created a um, special algorithm to recognize the reaction on the surface of the electrode. And then the signal goes to the uh, application and uh, the application is processing the results and uh, telling us uh, if we have okay. pathogen in our Brilliant. sample or not. Right. So in that case, how do you manage risk when it comes to mutations or possibility of a false test result? How does it work? Uh, we are still working on this. This is also not very easy easy thing uh, because we we are dealing with um, biological molecules. Uh, so so as you said, there are mutations, there are changes, there are changes in sure. environment. Uh, each human has uh, a different uh, pH in the mouth. Uh, so so this is this is really difficult. But we are uh, developing uh, the test basing on very conservative protein or biomarkers which are present in pathogens. Uh, for example, for, for influenza, uh, we chose the capsule um, uh, protein, uh, which uh, doesn't change very much uh, during the seasonal uh, mutation of the influenza virus. This is why uh, we are not uh, dependent on uh, seasonal uh, influenza strains, uh, and we are able to detect all influenza strains uh, in terms of influenza A or influenza B. And the same is with uh, other pathogens which sure. we are okay. choosing. Brilliant. Now a bit more, uh, let's say, organization or business-related question. I've read that uh, Dr. Alex uh, Klarman joined the team to support you in the international expansion. Looking at his profile, we read that one of his strengths is extensive knowledge of the theory of constraints. I'm a big believer in the principles of this theory. Could you please Tell us what was the first major bottleneck you've been working on and how did it go? <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Dr. Alex Klarman is a part of our team and he uh, helps us uh, very much uh, with our business development and in our, in, in our R&D process, actually, because at the very beginning, our first bottleneck uh, was very strange and uh, not many people are aware of that. Um, from one side, we wanted to have our device very pretty. It should look uh, very nice that people wanted to use it. But from the other side, uh, it has to be uh, highly developed. So we need to have um, very precise electronic um, solutions inside. Uh, so what to do first? If you let designers to design a very unique shape of the, uh, of the device, it could be impossible to put the 
have high-tech electronics inside uh, this box, let's say. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. But from the other side, if you let to design, first of all, the motherboard uh, of the electronic device and to put all the electronic features, <laughs> it could turn out that, uh, that the, the shape is not so pretty as, as, we, as we can imagine that it should be. So what we did, we let both teams work together. So first of all, our designer who has humanistic skills, had to cooperate with our electronics, who are uh, from a university of technology, so they speak with different languages. <laughs> but uh, it allowed us to make um, parallel improvement in both uh, sides. Mm -hmm. So electronics said that uh, this shape is impossible to do to, to implement our electronic uh, board, but uh, the uh, designer said that this board cannot have such shape because uh, it is impossible to create very nice device. So they, they communicated all the time. And finally, uh, they uh, together created a device which is very, very nice, but at the same time is highly developed in terms of electronics. I must admit, I've seen the device uh, on the internet and it really looks yeah. uh, top-notch. It really looks like it's a proper medical device and it's innovative as well thank you that was our goal exactly Brilliant. yes the only part i've missed actually when i was doing my research or i didn't anticipate it that it is so important it's the mobile app could you please tell us a bit more about yes. the mobile app as well w what are the capabilities of it and what is the main um, feature, let's say, for the yeah. application. Yeah, this is also a very, very nice story because, um, first of all, uh, we uh, as a core team didn't imagine that uh, it would be so difficult to create an application which will read the results. But during R&D studies, it turned out that only slight changes in, uh, in the reaction uh, are possible to read. So by eye of our scientists, we, we knew that here is the positive reaction. Here we have virus in the Example. Uh, but it was very difficult to create the machine which will see the same. So we hired a mathematician who we taught biotechnology actually. So he's a very, very smart uh, guy and he learned biotechnology a lot. Now he's speaking like biotechnologist. He cooperates with biotechnologists and he created the machine learning algorithm which uh, can learn. Uh, during the reactions, during the test screening test, which we perform in the laboratory. And the algorithm now can recognize which is false positive, which is false negative when the electrode is, for example, destroyed, because sometimes it happens that the electrode can be destroyed. And thanks to our algorithm, we improved sensitivity of our test, actually. But at the same time, the app... Um, is showing the results uh, on the screen of a computer or uh, mobile devices. So it should be very easy to use, uh, very intuitive, because physicians uh, usually don't have time to recognize very complex uh, applications. So it should be very easy to use. And it was, again, not uh, so easy to create the application, which would be so intuitive. And here we cooperated with a very smart UX uh, specialist, who helped us to create the application which is uh, very easy to use. I see, I see. Okay, brilliant. So could you please tell me what was the reason behind choosing application over a device 
with a screen or with some kind of... Because um, one of the features or advantages of our solution is that uh, this is digital solution. It creates uh, unlimited possibilities, actually. So you can gather the data, of course, and personalize data. We don't want to have uh, personalized data. Uh, but even with the unpersonalized data, you can create new algorithm. You can learn the algorithm and you can, uh, for example, monitor the spread of infection the epidemics, the source of epidemics. Uh, so that was the reason why we created the mobile application or the application on the computer. You are connected with your user uh, all the time. So if you give the device to the patients, the patient can send the results, for example, by email uh, to physician or to the family. Uh, so it creates unlimited possibilities. But in the same time, we are creating the devices for veterinary use. And here, just to simplify the, the usage of the technology, because sometimes you have to use it at field, uh, we created also the device with only with the screen. So it is much more easier than, uh, than with the application. Uh, but the, the, the possibilities are not so, so wide uh, in this uh, case. Question from another side now. How do you approach local market regulations? Because we all know that if you want to introduce a device, especially if it's a healthcare-related product, if you want to introduce the device to a different market like Germany, United States, Japan, somewhere else, you need to follow certain rules within that country. So do you have um, any suggestions for other Polish companies struggling to enter a foreign market with a new medical device? How does it work? Our device um, is uh, an in vitro diagnostic device, so uh, it is not so complex to certify such device. And luckily we are in the European Union, so we can certify our product in Poland and it is valid in whole uh, European Union countries. It is only class one of uh, in vitro diagnostic devices. It was not so complex, but anyway, we needed to uh, meet uh, a lot of regulation, a, a lot of directives of uh, European regulation, which are valid also in Poland. So we hired uh, one person who, uh, who, who knows all the regulation. And again, the same like with the design and electronics. We, we worked parallelly with everything. So we created the devices, uh, the, the electronics, but at the same time, we were working on, on the regulation and uh, on the certification process. So we knew that in the electronics, we should uh, put such module, not the other one, because the other one is not permitted in such, for example, countries or something like it would be very difficult to certify the product basing on this module. Uh, so this is, I think this is the secret sauce, to do everything parallelly. So from the very beginning, from the start of the designing of the new product, especially medical product, you have to check everything step by step to fulfill all uh, regulation which uh, are in uh, countries like uh, United States or Europe or in Asia. Hmm, okay, so it may come down actually to the component of the motherboard, let's say. Is this, is this what you're saying? Yes, uh, not only. for uh, Actually, it touches also the application, all the features. Uh, it, it turned out that everything matters, uh, even the materials that, uh, which creates our, uh, our box, our devices. That was also very important to choose the proper materials which will be biocompatible, uh, which also fulfill the regulation. 
Okay, very interesting, very interesting. All right, let's move on. You have actually mentioned this briefly just a second ago. Um, plants and animals are also of significant interest to you. I mean, this is what I understood from, from your website and from reading about SenseDX. Why do you pursue parallel verticals instead of focusing on one? Actually, because uh, there is a lot of opportunities in this matter. We started from uh, medical devices because that, uh, that is why we are uh, much more reliable. If we started from, uh, for example, uh, veterinary usage and then wanted to go to human medical devices, it would be much more difficult. But we started from the higher level and then we started looking for the uh, business partners for uh, another applications. And, for example, we found a Norwegian partner uh, who owns the fish farm, salmon fish farms in Norway. And he told us that he needed very much such devices like ours to diagnose the pathogens in a fish farm uh, because uh, there is a lot of economic loss uh, during the infections. So he uh, defined also seven uh, pathogens which are important to measure. And uh, now we are developing the common ground and common project uh, to develop such, uh, such devices. So because... Currently, we have huge R&D uh, team, interdisciplinary R&D team. It is possible to create parallelly um, different uh, solutions which are based on the same technology. So SenseDX is now licensing the technology to another company, Fish Farm Solutions, uh, which develops the diagnostic device, uh, devices for, for fish. Uh, but as I mentioned uh, previously, for each new application, we are looking for a partner who will help us to commercialize the product globally, who will help, who will support us financially also, uh, because it is also very important. And here we found the Norwegian partner, and this is why we started to develop new project. Perfect. Brilliant. Great to hear that. Okay. Um, you work with very complex problems. Uh, the team is a proper multidisciplinary workhorse. I would assume that uh, product development takes a bit longer because of that. Could you please share with us how do you organize the work of engineers, scientists, um, and how does the typical R&D cycle look like? I would like to ask as well about how big is the team? Currently, we have almost 70 people on the board. So it is really huge R&D, uh, not, not only R&D, whole team, I meant uh, business development as well, uh, our administration. But in terms of scientists, this is about uh, 40 scientists on the board. So Again, this is a huge team. And we have very interdisciplinary team. We have biotechnologists, chemists, uh, electronics, uh, IT specialists, designers. Uh, and um, for, for proper management in such complex team, uh, it's a very good communication. The other problem in our company is that we have two locations. One location is in Gdańsk, where we have uh, mainly biotechnology, electrochemistry and chemistry. And Wrocław, where we have uh, electronics, IT specialist, business development, administration and design, for example, and marketing. Uh, so the communication is also very difficult. Uh, it is also very difficult to connect those two um, locations 
but also um, in such interdisciplinary team. So first of all, very good uh, communication. We uh, have uh, electronic tools uh, to process the communication. This is uh, some kind of platform where everybody can put the scientific results, but also can communicate the problems, the timeline. Uh, so the other team, which is working in other field, but uh, dependent uh, on the on, on the previous one will know at the same time what is the problem in uh, in R&D uh, process. Our secret is also um, the same what I mentioned previously, that we are working usually parallelly with, uh, with many processes. For example, R&D process goes parallelly with the building of the production line, because for the single-use test, we are building our own production line. And to do that properly, we need to do it in the same time. Sometimes we are doing uh, many things unnecessary. For example, in the R&D uh, process, we are developing the process that we need to have one more step in cleaning the electrodes with acids, for example. And, uh, and then we communicate this to our team, which uh, produces our um, production line. But in another day, it turned out that it is better without this step. So in another day, our production team, which started creating this step in the production line, need to uh, have some delays to change the process. But without this, uh, when we uh, wanted to do this, like usually projects uh, are going on step by step, it wouldn't be possible to create such uh, complex uh, production and device at the same time, in, in such short time, because it is only two years. So communication is the secret sauce. Communication, communication and communication. This is the secret sauce. We need to talk each other all the time. We need to communicate very clearly. We need to uh, know that everybody is different and especially um, biotechnologies are, are different than uh, electronics. Uh, and uh, the same with designers. Designers are humanists. So they speak with different languages. So for as managers in our company, this is very uh, big challenge to, uh, to, to manage the team, uh, to allow them communicate properly. Okay. Well, what's your current situation when it comes to business sustainability? Uh, we read that you have received significant investment from Nuka. You've mentioned this already as well. Uh, but what are your plans to monetize the technology? Are you ready to sell the products and when I'll be able to buy your tests at the local pharmacy? Mm -hmm. um, our first product is already certified, but we wanted to uh, do more tests, clinical tests, to uh, be sure that we know everything about our technology. Our technology is disruptive and there is no publication about this process. Uh, so we need to get to know by ourselves by uh, doing a lot of tests. And first of all, we need to, uh, we want to give the uh, device to physician and we will do this uh, in the next uh, influenza season, so autumn this year, because it is ready to sell. Uh, but we want to go global, uh, as, uh, as I mentioned uh, before. So we are talking with uh, global partners in the United States, but also in Germany and other, in France, in uh, United Kingdom and other countries. And to uh, launch such product globally, we need to be sure that it works perfectly, that we know everything about the process. But I'm sure that it will be in, uh, in uh, autumn this year. Brilliant. Last question. 
a bit futuristic, um, how much the work of GPs may be replaced by automated devices like yours? <laughs> Actually, uh, I don't think that we will replace any physician uh, or uh, any devices like ours uh, will, will not replace any physician, but it will help the physician. It will help to manage their time because as, uh, as you know, we have lack of doctors, we have lack of medical personnel, not only in Poland, but if you read the statistics around the world, this this is the global problem. So this is why uh, companies like Roche uh, or uh, Novartis or uh, uh, other um, medical or healthcare big companies are looking for diagnostic devices which will help to manage the work of the of physician. So I don't think that we will replace the, the physician work in the future, but we will help uh, the process of uh, diagnosis and we will give the a very reliable tool to to physician to help in their work that's a very big mission it's a very great mission i really uh, admire the product the design i really admire um, the company thank you very much kasia for uh, the interview it was a pleasure i wish you all the best <laughs> thank you very much it was a pleasure to to speak with you